self-development with tactics. So, hello, welcome back to the next episode of the Self Development with Tactics podcast. And today we're going to talk about the wisdom of insecurity, a message, message for an age of anxiety by Alan Watts. Um, I don't know too much about the book per se, nor the author. I don't know quite anything, but I think it is a very interesting title and a kind of, I don't know, like, you know, these are some of the books at least by you know judging the title by judging the cover by judging the name Ellen Watts which sounds pretty old so I assume that it is an old book but I don't know I really don't you know don't get me wrong now. <laughs> but the thing is um you know these are the books that uh, that make me feel like well I could do so much more in terms of okay should I write a book should I do this should I do that should I whatever, but let's see. The wisdom of insecurity, a message, I can't say message, for an age of anxiety by Alan Watts. In this fascinating book, Alan Watts explores man's quest for psychological security, examining our efforts to find spiritual and intellectual certainty in the realms of religion and also philosophy. The wisdom of insecurity analyzes the importance of our search for stability in an age where human life seems particularly vulnerable and uncertain. What argues our insecurity is the consequence of trying to be secure and that, ironically, salvation and sanity lie in the recognition that we have no way of saving ourselves. So the book summary, what is in it for me? Learn why consumerism will never give life meaning. There are many things that money can buy. Swanky cars palatial houses, high-tech gadgets, but there are many other more important things that can, that cash can't get you, things such as happiness and purpose. And when you think about what you want out of life, what seems more important, a Ferrari or a purposeful existence? Hmm, I guess the Ferrari. Bluntly put or put, a life of consumerism and pleasure-seeking won't be fulfilling. So what will be? This book summary guide you toward finding meaning in life. After reading them, you'll stand a better chance of living the life you want. In a summary, you'll discover why the decline in religion has left a gap in society, that the best ideas come when you are not thinking about them, and how pain is closely related to pleasure. Part Uno As the power of religion and social norms diminishes, life becomes more uncertain. Do you ever feel anxious or insecure because of a lack of fulfillment in life? You are not alone. This feeling is more common now than ever before. Not long ago, the average person's life was guided or at least influenced by the strict doctrines of religion. It might sound counterintuitive, but these strongly held beliefs about morality and the afterlife actually help people feel more fulfilled. The promise of an afterlife is especially grounding and reassuring. 
Humans can put up with many of life's harsh realities as long as there is something to look forward to. Which I've definitely also seen in my life. Like if there is something to look forward to, even if it is something really small, a meal, for example, you know, life just gets better. It, it is outrageous. Uh, the devotedly religious can remain positive through the worst hardships because an infinitely blissful afterlife awaits them. But the waning influence of organized religion has shifted people's outlook on life. The 20th century saw societies around the world moving away from many religious concepts. The myth was losing its strength. Suddenly, with the afterlife in question, people were struggling to make sense of the pain and suffering of life. So where is the reward that makes it all worthwhile? So people began to fill this gap with the cheap thrills of modern society. Deprived of the meaningful narrative provided by religion, many people felt an inner emptiness. And so, in an attempt to fill this void, more people turned to stimulants like drugs, partying or overwork. These methods can provide distraction from the big existential questions kicking around in the back of your mind. And yes, it is definitely the case. And I do want to point out these methods can provide distraction. You know, it's not filling the void. It's just giving you a reason why it's not always think about the void, which I've also seen. And I kind of, um, you know, I, I thought about it yesterday and it was something really interesting. You know, what I'm doing right now is the exact same thing. I'm trying to, to not see it. I'm trying to not necessarily forget it, but this is sometimes also, you know, when, when doing sports, maybe, where you just don't think about it. But once you're done, you start thinking about them once again. It's very interesting. And you know, my life really uh, is influenced by such anxieties, I guess. You know, the, the fulfillment of oneself or having a purpose and whatnot. But, but what I've seen is people, friendships and relationships in general, they make life worthwhile you know whatever the fuck is happening if you're having a strong relationship with people i don't know like to some degree you're just gonna be it's just gonna be uh, invincible but anyway i still have to think through it completely you know i still have to make sure whether this is actually the truth and i you know maybe i'm gonna work on that today but but yeah but uh, what this constant stimulation is really doing is desensitizing you. It can also lead to addictive behavior. Using alcohol to fill the void can quickly take you from beer to hard liquor as your tolerance levels arise. And this desire to increase intake mirrors what is happening in today's society. We are chasing down more and more stimulation to make up for a lack of meaning in our lives. Summary part two. Consumerism promises promises, not promises, but promises, happiness but leaves you unfulfilled. Have you tried to convince yourself that you'll find happiness once you get that promotion, buy that fancy new car or own that perfect house in a suburbans, or maybe as well um, have that great body, which is something that's on my mind. You know, am I going to be happier when I'm having this body? And I said to myself, well, uh, I don't think so. You know, so should I be starving myself 
Should I be overeating? Should I be doing this and that and whatnot? But should I just enjoy my life? And I think this is quite... This is my, my, my task, my quest for 2021. Maybe just trying to not be extreme once. Uh, but yeah, let's see. Many people spend their valuable time working towards such goals and many find only emptiness once they achieve them. Yeah, because it's about the fucking progress. This is the essential problem of consumerism. The chase for happiness is never over. Maybe you've seen the image of a donkey Donkey, do you say it? Donkey, donkey, whatever. Being led by a carrot that's always dangling just out of reach. Well, uh, people living in Western societies work much the same way, forever chasing what they'll never catch. We start down this path at an early age. Children are told they'll find happiness by getting good grades in school and going to college. Then it's going to, then it's going to graduate school and finally getting a well-paid job with a good pension for a happy retirement. But what do you do once you have that comfortable job and nice house? Emptiness might start nagging at you again and you don't distract yourself by converting or convening, whatever, your neighbor's nicer car or that bigger house down the block. And so the anxieties and the hunt for happiness continue. This way of thinking can push you into making terrible decisions. It is especially common for this mindset to lead you down the wrong career path. Parents, teachers and authorities figures might convince you that attaining a prestigious job should be the goal of any young professional. But following this advice could result in a lifetime of unhappiness. What if you knew that your life's calling was to help people? A mission that brought you joy and fulfillment, but the influential people in your life steered you away from becoming a nurse or a social worker and you entered law school instead. It's far too easy to end up spending your life doing unfulfilling work in a hunt for someone else's idea of happiness. Which, by the way, um, I'm sometimes or relatively often seeing that on, on Instagram. And, um, you know, I, I really truly hope, by the way, that TikTok is not gonna, you know, turn the same way. Like, always seeing the exact same shit. Always being helped by some stupid kind of weirdly accounts and whatnot, you know, but I, I guess it's, you know, inevitably going to be the case. Anyway, um, if you're working for a boss, this doesn't mean, well, hmm, you, you can see it in one or the other way. Maybe you're contributing to your boss's happiness by working for them, but is it really the case that it is hurting you when you work for them? when they are your boss. I mean, there's upsides and downsides. You know, some people are meant to be having a job and some people are definitely meant to have their own business and work on their own. I, I do have a feeling that having a business is what I should be having. And I'm, I think even when a podcast is doing really well, I'm still gonna have a job. And I'm still also willing to have a job because I need the social interactions i need these things you know maybe i'm also not that good of a leader which you know definitely is also the case and i don't like people to tell what they what they should be doing and whatnot but i you know i don't think so i don't think that is the path that, that that's for me 
but but yeah so therefore if you're having a job that's fine if it is something that that makes you feel good because of whatever reason then it's fine summary part three there is no pleasure without pain so stop worrying and let go of negativity it's completely natural to want to experience the joys of life we want the highest highs without any of the lows unfortunately though life just doesn't work that way in order to really appreciate the intense pleasures of life you need to process the painful parts too there is joy and beauty in life but it always comes at a price for example think of the joy of meeting someone falling in love and for and forging a lasting bond but of course there is a potential price your partner may fall ill or out of love experiencing pleasure is exactly what makes it possible to experience pain the two emotions fall on different parts of the same spectrum experience one and you will experience the other as i've also noticed last year you know 2020 uh, this year i'm actually doing really fine i'm glad really glad but i uh, I had that. I've seen that. I've had a lot of pain and I had to go through a lot of pain. Um, especially mentally, but, but well, also physically because I I worked out quite a lot. And I, yeah, another topic for another day. But even though you've been, been hurt because of love and, and because of loving somebody, this doesn't mean that it makes sense to, to never love again. You know, this doesn't mean that you shouldn't go into the next relationship and giving it your all and and giving this person your heart. Why? What's the point of that? What's the point of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go into this relationship because I don't want this to happen once again. Like, why? Of course, we shouldn't be stupid. Of course, we shouldn't be willingly, you know, hurting ourselves or something similar, something like that. But, nah, you know, just nah. Anyway, it's a very cool summary, not gonna lie. So what can you do? You can change your perspective and stop looking at either emotion as being positive or negative. Instead of thinking them as temporary events, you can then recognize pain as simply being a necessary part of life. For instance, just as the agonizing feeling of thirst can lead to the sweet sensation or satisfaction of a glass of water, you can only savor the best moments once you've experienced the worst. And it is with this perspective in mind that you can break the vicious cycle of worry that can take over your life. A nice house with a mortgage usually comes with a slew of memories or worries, I'm sorry. What if you get sick or injured and can't make the payments? Even if you acknowledge the irrationality of such worries, they can nevertheless lead to other anxieties. For instance, why are you worrying about whether or not you're worrying about things that haven't even happened? It is a vicious cycle. And it really is, not gonna lie. But if you adopt the right perspective, you can reconcile, or reconcile, I don't know, yourself with life's ups and downs and insecurities. You can break the cycle, let go of the worries and stop trying to control everything. Because you can, and I can as well. And... In all the things that we can control, which is a very stoic idea right now, you know, it's it's our thoughts, it's people that we surround ourselves with, it is the contents that we're watching or listening to, it is what we're doing, our ambitions, uh, and whatnot. Like, there is many things we can do that 
you know that that you know that 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 might at least distract us in a good way. You know, like like working out, it's a good distraction. But yeah, should I go through part four as well? How many parts are there? Nope. <laughs> Actionable advice at the very bottom. Meditate. Ever tried meditation in the morning? In addition to its many health benefits, meditation will help you tune into your body and shift your focus away from unproductive worry. Well, isn't every worry unproductive? I don't know. But anyway, we're going to go through part four the next time. Maybe I'm actually going to check out the book. It, it sounds really, really amazing. Um, was it insecurity? The wisdom of insecurity? I'm just quickly checking out Ellen. What? The wisdom of insecurity. Maybe I've been right. Well, it actually got a, a 4.6 out of 5 on Audible, uh, 4.2 out of 5 from Goodreads, and on Ex Libris, uh, a 5 out of 5. And it is a book from 1951, Alan Watts. It, it, it's amazing, I'm not going to lie. I am not going to lie. And you probably are able to find it on the, on the public domain or something. But yeah, you know, so maybe you're also going to read. Maybe I'm actually going to read it. Sounds actually really cool, you know, which is kind of the good thing about, um, about uh, summaries, you know, that you can then tell whether the book is something for you or not. But anyway, going to end the episode. So I wish you the best. See you soon. Bye bye. Please take care.